Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello, I'm Layla, and you're listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're glad you could join us. Before we get into the Word, LaCharles, can you open us up in prayer? Yes. Lord, I just thank you for today, Lord. I just thank you for blessing us, Lord, and just blessing us with everything that we need to record all these messages, Lord. And Lord, I just thank you for blessing us with insight in your Word, Lord, and just giving us your Holy Spirit so we can learn more about you, Lord. Lord, I also just thank you for all the people who are listening to these podcasts. Lord, I just ask that you continue to bless them in their lives as we already know you're doing, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning, everybody. And welcome as we continue our study in 1 Corinthians. Uh, we're beginning in chapter 4, or continuing, excuse me, in chapter 4 this morning. And could I get a volunteer to read from... Verses 14 through the end of the chapter, please. I will. All right, I promise. I do not write these things to shame you, but as my beloved children, I warn you. For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ I have begotten you through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you, imitate me. For this reason I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son of the Lord, who will remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach as I teach everyone in each and every church. Now some are puffed up as though I were not coming to you, but I will come to you shortly if the Lord wills, and I will know it, not the word of those who are puffed up, but the power. For the kingdom of God is not the word, but in power, is not in word, but in power. What do you want? Shall I come at, shall I come at you with, Come to you with a rod or in love and a spirit of gentleness. Thank you, sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Amen. Thank you. The floor is first open up to you guys to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about this section of Scripture. And if you have any questions, do ask them. All right? Yes, Dad. Well, well clearly you're chomping at the bit here, Leo. So let's hear it. Okay, first I'd like to look at verse 18 for just a second where Paul is talking about some of these teachers that they are puffed up as though I, as in Paul, were not coming to you as in the church, the people. And if we look at that, we all know that love is not puffed up. That's one of the non-attributes of love, I should say. Um, and you can find that in First Corinthians and Galatians about love. But we see that Paul is going, okay, yes, you have 10,000 of instructors, but some of you are haughty and proud and puffed up, which is um, something we've got to watch out for. It can take away and detract from the message that God's trying to send when we think we know it all and we're so proud and high in our own mind instead of being humble, not timid, but humble, humble and able to be taught and instructed, it changes the whole dynamic of the message. I'll put it that way. When you come in a spirit of haughtiness and I know it all, you can't tell me anything versus, okay, 
I may know this much, but there is still more that I can learn. And so Paul is going, hey, you've got 10,000 of instructors. This may be a, the case, but some of you are proud, and it's detracting from you learning and the other people as well because you've got this barrier in this wall. And so Paul's going, okay, don't fall into that trap. Imitate me as I walk with Christ. Copy me as I copy Christ, right? All the good attributes that... I display that are like the Lord, follow those things, not arrogance and pride and all the other fleshly carnal things, right? And so, and then Paul later goes, well, what do you want? What do you want me to do? Do you want me to come at you with the rod and a bonk you upside the head? Or should I come in a spirit of love and gentleness? Which one would you prefer? Which one would um, get the message over to you? I, for one, um, just my personality type, i need to be talked to a little bit rougher to understand i it's it differs but depending on who you're talking to some people need that gentle push others need to be knocked upside the head in which i am a case in that and um so paul's going which one would you prefer would do you want me to rustle you around or should i do you want me to come to you in gentleness do you want me to approach you how god would approach you god comes in gentleness right Yes, he does get rough with some people when they don't listen, but that's not his go-to. That's not his first option. It's only when you force him to go there. So Paul's going, okay, here I set out the paths for you. We can walk together or I can drag you down the road. Which one do you prefer? And (laughs) that's what dad tells us all the time. He said he's not going to kick us down the road and drag us towards the finish line. He's going to, he wants us to walk with him as we walk with Christ to get there. It shouldn't be, Dad's carrying me to the finish line, and then I stand up at the end and go, ooh, I just won that marathon, because I didn't. I was carried on somebody's back. Mm-hmm. Thank you, sweetheart. You're welcome. And for our growth and development, this God understands our nature. He understands that some of us enjoy a little bit more directness to understand it provides clarity. But he also expects us to be able to communicate on whatever level he's communicating with us. Yes. And adapt ourselves to him. Right? Yes. But most of that comes with us having a gentle and tender heart towards the Lord. So while that is your fleshly nature... That has to be cultivated so that when God speaks to you in whatever tone he's talking, you perceive quickly and exactly what he's saying to you. Okay? Okay. Promise? Okay, the Lord show me verse 16 to the end of the chapter. Or wait. Yes, verse 16 to the end of the chapter. Where it's you don't just, have to read it again, sir. You can just, just I, share with us what the Holy Spirit is ministering to you. So, the Lord was showing to me that he, where it says, where Paul says, what do you want? Should I come to you with the rod or in love and a spirit of gentleness? The Lord is showing me that it's not, he's not just out of the blue that he's, when he's talking about being puffed up, the people who are being, the, alright, the, now some of, some are puffed up as though I were not coming to you. What Paul's saying, and also he brought, when he said, imitate me. The Lord showed me that the only reason that Paul would have to 
bring the rod down upon the person is because they're following the they're following the example set by the puffed up person or they're not imitating Paul as he imitates Christ. So there there's also another way. So when I was talking about us walking down the road and he she gave the example of dad dragging us or we're walking with with him as he walks towards Christ. The Lord showed me that it's not just that. When they listen to the puffed up one, they end up turning around and trying to walk back the way they came from. Mm. So Paul has to come and get a rod and go grab, grab, grab them by the back of the shirt and say, no, we're going this way. So the Lord showed me that that whenever the Lord is going to show us the ones that we're supposed to follow, and that's what He means by sorry. That is what He means by the Father. Okay, come on. The our Father in Christ. It's not the person that we're necessarily falling but the person that is helping guide you and lead you along mm-hmm. so the Lord sh- showing that it doesn't like all parents there's a time when the child leaves the house so there's always a time when you have to go by yourself and I want to bring this up dad says that said that if when we leave this house and we do something ungodly, Dad say wherever he is, he's gonna fly all the way to where we are, and he's gonna spank us. <laughs> so it doesn't matter if you leave the house or not. It, well, not. There's no, you're not leaving the house. You're gonna have to leave the house. So at some point. At some point, absolutely. Mm-hmm. When you leave the house, you. When I leave the house, I can still make. I make my own decisions, but Dad still got to bring the rod down on me, no oh. matter what happens, since that that since that's Dad's job. The the Lord has assigned a position and place of authority, yes, and in that, the role is to to help you to teach you, which I have done and continue to do. Right, we both, your mother yes. and I, are continually pouring into each of you, so that you know the right thing to do. Now, what you were talking about dealt with a very specific instance where there was there was clearly an issue at this place, uh, not this, not here, but at one of the, the churches we visited. And I, I said, I, I should never even hear or see of that from, from any of you because you've been taught better, right? Yes. Okay, and this was someone in, in ministry, and I said, I... Uh, hopefully that's not the case because guess what? We all have the same Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to minister to me no matter where I am in the world. And rest assured, I'm coming. And we're going to set some things straight when I get there, right? Yes. Okay. But why? Why would that even have to happen? In short, it's one word, disobedience. You have the same Holy Spirit I do to minister, to teach you, to give you what to say and what to do in that moment. So for there to be such a huge issue and I'll say opposition 
And clearly that would be acting out of the flesh, right? Yes. And if, especially if you're doing the Lord's work in a church or leading people, right? As the Lord gives you authority, it should all be done with the leading and power of the Holy Spirit, which you see Paul discussing here, right? Yes. To build off of bo- what you both were discussing. In verse 14, Paul is talking and says, I don't write these things to shame you. That's never the goal and never the intent, right? But yes. he says, in fact, it's to warn you. And then he goes into about, I'll say, you have 10,000 instructors, right? And we talked yesterday about, or last, last time, about each of you has the opportunity to be an instructor, right? Yes. Each of you has the opportunity to be used of the Lord, to share a message, to bring a word, to, to do something miraculous or, or, you know, maybe just something that the Lord put on your heart to do, right? It's not always about yes. a miracle, but in so is ministering, in doing that, I should say, in so doing, is ministering to someone their needs through the Holy Spirit, of course, right? Yes. But again, as we discussed, there's already the built-in opportunity for you to listen and be obedient, but also for the other person to bring it before the Lord and let the Holy Spirit minister to their hearts, to be able to discern if what you are saying is truth or if you're speaking of yourself, right? Yes. Which is what we have, one of the things, one of the many things we have taught and continually poured into you. So that's why he is saying here, hey, the things you've seen in me, this is what I'm doing. This is the process and the pattern that's already built in. Just move forward in it by the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit. And then he says he sent Timothy, why, as a safeguard, if you will, to help instill these things in them, all right, to continue to teach them because he, Paul, could not be there in person. He hoped to return to them. But then he says, it's not about being puffed up. Oh, hey, I'm being used, and look at how I'm being used. I can, I can share all these messages. I can teach you all these things. But there comes down to a point of how are we being used? And by I mean, I'll say it in this way. What is the proof? It's not just in words, right? And didn't Jesus say that? Yes. He said, it's going to come a time where we don't just worship here or there, but we worship in spirit and truth. Okay. There should be, I'll say, results. There should be proof or evidence that what we are saying and doing, both, is directly coming from the Lord through His Holy Spirit. All right, we talked about that in, in James, right? Um, you say, I have faith, or you say, I have works. Some say they have faith. Well, I will show you my faith by my works, all right? It's not just, oh, I believe the Lord can do these things, but I'm actually doing the things that He tells me and shows me to do and to say, Right? Yes. And you see that same thing echo throughout. Paul didn't come up with that on his own. He got that directly from the Lord. And you see that even during Christ's earthly ministry. All right, go to, uh, if you will, turn with me to John 10. The Gospel of John? Yes, the Gospel of John. There's a couple places here. We'll start with verse 25. 
Now, a little background on this part. Jesus is being questioned about who he is, right? Whether he's God or not. It's been going on for a few chapters now. And, of course, that, that creates a lot of issues in people that did not want to believe. But in verse 25, he says, I told you, and you do not believe. Then he says, the works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. Doesn't that sound exactly like what Paul is saying? Yes. It's not just about the words. There is action behind it. The Lord is working in and through not just what I say, but what I'm also doing, bearing witness and, and further proof or evidence or results of the words that I speak, right? And you see him, of course, the Pharisees, Sadducees, scribe, people in the temple, scribes, excuse me, people in the temple have an issue still with what he's saying. But then in verse 30, well, we'll start in 34, right? Uh, 34 through 38, excuse me. It says, Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I, call, I said, you are God's? If he called them God's, to which the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, do you say of him whom the Father sanctified and sent into the world, you are blaspheming? So, which comes from speech, right? Is because I said, I am the Son of God? And then here's the key, right? He says, if I do not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. But if I do, though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. You see that faith working with the works here in Jesus' ministry, right? Yes. Saying, even if you don't believe me, even if you don't like me, care about me, any of those things, essentially, then believe the works, because they testify about the Father, they testify about me, right? They bear witness of me and what I'm saying and doing comes from the Father. But the whole point was that so the people will believe in the Father. Now, again, I want to clarify something because of what I just said about Jesus saying, even if you don't like me, care about me, right? Let's, let's not forget, he is the way, the truth, and the life. So there's no way of going to the Father but through him, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Which is why he further said what the Father said and did what the Father did, mm -hmm. led him to do through his Holy Spirit, so that people would believe. You have to believe on the Son to access the Father. But what, in, in relation to what Paul is saying here, it's very much a, or I'll say it in this way, we have a saying, right? Do what I say, not what I do. And that's an yes. earthly, fleshly, natural saying. But that's not how Jesus or Paul or any of the prophets of, in the Old Testament, Moses, whoever, pick one, it doesn't matter. That's not how they lived their life. It was not just by the words that they spoke, but how they lived was an example it bore witness to the words that they spoke. And you also saw the manifestation of the words that they spoke. They came, what they said, because it wasn't their words, it was the Lord's words, what they said came to pass. Further bearing witness of what was said. There was faith and action working together. Does that make more sense? 
Yes. Okay. Who else has something they want to share? I'm uh, still sharing. Okay. Well, please continue, sir. And also, lotion with the rod. It when I said bring down the rod, it doesn't. It doesn't mean at all that. When I said bring down the rod, that means discipline and bringing you back into the Lord. And another one of Dad's sayings is, "I love you all the same, but how you experience is how you experience the love is." may differ because it may come inside of spanking or it may come inside of you getting a blessing. Focus on, on discipline here today, huh? Well, here's the thing, right? And I do say that. How you experience, everyone, I love each of you equally. How you experience that love and depends entirely upon you, right? That's what I say? Yes. Yes. So, how you experience that love depends entirely upon you. If you need discipline in that moment, rest assured, the Holy Spirit's going to minister that to me. And, well, we're going to, we're going to take care of that. Now, what is our preference, though? To bless us. Okay. We, we go out of our way to look for ways to bless you. Because we already know what you like before you even know what you like. Did you tell us what you like, or, or did we introduce you to stuff that we knew you would like? You introduced us to stuff that we knew you like. Okay. Yes, yes, that's true. You knew that we liked Exactly. We knew that you liked it, because we know each of you. Why? Because we love you. And what's better? To experience love through discipline, which is, in fact, a form of love, right? Although it's, and the world will frown on that, but it is what it is. It's a fact of the matter. The Lord said that very directly. To withhold discipline means you don't love them. Oh, you can read that. Please. Yes, back that up, honey. <laughs> no, it's okay. Go ahead. Okay, well, so we'll get to the scripture here in a second. But, so discipline is a form of love. But isn't it much better to just be in, in sync and in step with each other, right? Yes. Not being dragged or carried down the road, right? But walking together and just having great conversations and teaching and pouring in that way. Yes. Okay. What's what's easier? What's better? What do you, what do you like better? Being in sync and step. Okay, and everybody's on the same page, and everybody's moving forward together in unison. Yes. Or unity, right? Everybody being treated fair and equal, and all the rest of it, right? Yes. Okay. Not and and everyone is treated fair and equally, but what I'm saying is, how will you experience that love? Sometimes. Emotions get in the way, and you feel as though you're not, even though that's not accurate, right? Yes. Okay, so mm-hmm. so now that we've addressed that, it's much better to just be happy-go-lucky, as it were, moving on down the road together, right? Yes. Okay, so if that's the case, and that's truly what we want and desire, it comes at what cost? Um, my obedience? There you go, obedience. In all things, right? Yes. Okay. You know, I. Um, this is certainly important as we understand this, but there's. Um, I, I want to jump to the other side of that coin, you know, if we can. So, Please, um, yes. You know, we can, especially with the Bible, especially with people that um, really just haven't had a chance to be fully immersed in the Word. It's very easy to find the things that we can't do, and why God is 
punishing us out and looking at things that way. But that's, you know, it's really, it's, um, um, we don't want to focus on the can'ts. Let's focus on the cans. We can do here, right? Amen. What, so, you know, to me, this is reminiscent of a section of, uh, you know, Proverbs of wisdom literature, right? Uh-huh. Um, and, and it's, it was, um, much too later in my life was it a revelation of, you know, don't get caught by the eyes of the adulterer, you know, and what happens to you as a man, right? And so the father, you know, the, the, was telling in that moment the teaching to the son of, hey, I'm going to show you a way that's going to make it easy for you to prosper, right? I'm not telling you I'm trying to take something away from you. I'm trying to give you something here. And I think, Paul, it's, there's a conceptual component of this as well, too, and that's regard what I've given you as mm-hmm. if I was your father bringing this to you, a father that loves you, that's trying to show you the pathway so that you stay in that place of abundance, you stay in that place of intimacy with the father's love with that. And so we look at, um, you know, uh, Layla was just about obedience being that word obedience, and so we're taught obedience by our fathers, by our parents, by the Lord, for what reason? Not, not, not so that he can continue to beat us up or tell us what we can't do, but he's, he's teaching us obedience so that we learn to, and I hate to use it this way, but to take control. You know, I think it's so funny, um, so much of uh, culture, um, you'll see, um, you know, uh, a movie that uh, somebody is going to take over the world, right? The villain is going to take over the world. It's going to rule the world. There's even a cartoon, you know, so what are we going to do today? Same thing we do every day, try to take over the world, you know? Yes. So it's, it's really a, a neat kind of theme. And one day I just felt like the Lord shared with me, he says, you know, I, I don't want you to be the master of the universe. I want you to be the master of the inner verse. Uh-huh. I want you to master yourself. You can't control anyone else. You can't control the response to you. You can't, you, you, but you, with my guidance of the Holy Spirit inside of you, you can take control. You get to choose to take that control. So you don't have to experience obedience. You get to experience the other side of that, which is the product of obedience, which is an abundant life, which is walking closely with the Father. It's being able to hear him more clearly so you can hear what he says and do what he's telling you to do. And so that's why it's there. It's not there to, to limit you. It's there to empower you and to bring that forth. And I just I think, I think there's a component here where Paul's trying to show us that as well too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I love how you, actually, that, that's a great word that you brought up. There's the element of control, right? But what is happening in that moment is not about control as in, uh, I'm controlling you and your actions and behavior, but I am still teaching you what I'm teaching you is in fact self-control. Not to allow the flesh to, to take over and rule over in the moment, right? And then you're just always trying to do that. It, exactly. But it's helping you to rein it in, right? And, and self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. Amen, yes. And we see that in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Mm-hmm. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. So, if in fact there is discipline, that's because there has been a lack of self-control, which has resulted in disobedience, and is providing, I'll say, an opportunity, if you will, correction, discipline, for you to rein it back in. Does that make sense? Yes. I just wanted to say this as well. As we're looking at um, God's 
pattern and the way that he does things, but also understand that the adversary is a counterfeiter. Uh-huh. And so when God says, control yourself, like you brought up, Dean, but the enemy goes, control everyone else, which is witchcraft. So there is a, a line yeah. when, when God says, and when you were referencing John Henney, um, when he was like, believe the works, not just any works, but the works that, rep- mm-hmm. that represent Jesus Christ, Amen. that stay in line with what he said, right? And yes. the character and nature of God. God doesn't say, control everybody else so that you can be free. He says, control yourself and believe on the name of Jesus Christ so you can be free. Mm-hmm. And Jesus helps us with that. But there's a, there is a time coming that there will be the Antichrist doing signs and wonders, doing works, if you will. But it's for the believer to understand in their heart, how do you decipher what the works are? Just like in, in Egypt, when Moses performed a sign by God, the magicians did the same signs up to a certain point. So I just want to put that in there because I feel like this is important for us going forward. There are a lot of things that look like, oh, that looks like it's, it's right. It looks, it seems right. But when you get down to it, it violates the word and the covenant and the law of God, the love of God. It violates the love of Jesus Christ. Okay? Yes, yes Okay. Mm-hmm. Little side note, sorry. No, no, it's a good side note. Because, and it goes right along with what we're, we're discussing here, what Paul is discussing. Because this is a continuation of, what did he first start addressing? Dissension. And Exactly, and divisions within the church. So if we are doing all the things that we just discussed, it is in fact sowing seeds of dissension, creating divisions, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. It should not, as in, one, because we should not be doing those actions or operating out of the flesh, one. But then two... We also, also, excuse me, should be so in tune with the Holy Spirit who gives us discernment to say, that's of me or that's not of me. This is holy and that is common or profane. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. We have the same Holy Spirit operating, living and operating in each and every one of us. Well, we have to be willing to listen to his voice and to move forward in the things that he tells us. So, with that, who else has something they want to share? I do. All right, LaCharles. First, I want to talk about verse 17. The bottom half of it. Actually, I'll read the whole thing. For this reason, I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who will remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach everywhere in every church. Like they've been um, talking about in verse 21, I also think Paul is saying that while he may use different methods, the message is still the same. He doesn't allow his anger to control how it's coming out, what he's saying. He may have righteous indignation and anger that moment, but it doesn't control his action of what he says. Like I know in some lives, when I get angry, I mouth off sometimes because I'm just angry. To who? These I said to who? I was like, I haven't <laughs> seen that. <laughs> Your lips be laying on the ground next to you. <laughs> but I talk 
because in that moment, I'm just angry. I'm not thinking clearly about what I want to say, but how Paul is saying that he is not angry with the person and what he's angry with the actions of what they're doing and how he doesn't let that anger control him and he doesn't go out of the will of God, but he admonishes them and still says exactly as the Holy Spirit was saying. So he's admonishing to you to not get angry, and if you do have righteous indignation, don't take it to a point where it's too extreme and you can't hear God anymore. You should ha be willing to put aside your own emotions to do exactly as the Lord's telling you to do. And I also think that's why he's talking about puffed up teachers, how they are so in their emotions and so in your face, and they want to tell you what's right and what's wrong, how that's not what he's going to do. He's telling them exactly as the Lord's telling him to say. Oh. Again, being led by the Holy Spirit, right? Yes. In all things. In all things. Both, as Paul points out later, right, with the rod and with power. Without the, the Lord, right, without the Holy Spirit, you can do nothing, right? Yes. That's, that's stated very plainly. Without me, you can do nothing. Well, that includes on the discipline side as well, both on the work side and the discipline side. The Holy Spirit should have free reign to lead us in all things. Yes. In all things. So even in discipline, then, it wouldn't be overbearing, and it wouldn't be, I'll say, too soft a discipline, right? Because the Holy Spirit ministers our needs, exactly what we need. It's not too short and it's not too much. It is perfect, right? Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. As if the Holy Spirit takes directly from the Father and discloses it to us, then we know it's perfect. Yes. All things are perfect. Mm -hmm. We have to be willing to move forward in that. Mm -hmm. And just, just to make sure that this is clear, discipline is a part of love. We see that in Hebrews 12. Right, the Lord disciplines those who He loves, and if you are not disciplined, then you're not a son. Just like I, and discipline comes in a variety of forms. Um, God's first is to correct us with His Word, if if we need to correct to be corrected. And there's no doubt that we will need to be corrected because we're human beings. We are not God, and we didn't create ourselves. And there is the sin nature. There's a whole dynamic of components that causes us to need God to correct us. And even if we lived our life, quote unquote, perfect by the world standards, we would still need the correction and the provision of the blood of Jesus Christ. So that being said, God loves us. That's why he corrects us. And discipline is not something separate. This is the same love because like a, a herder herding sheep, if you're all walking nicely down the road, we're going in the same direction. You know, the shepherd started everybody off and we're going down the road, but a sheep is maybe looking down instead of looking up and it starts to veer off and he just takes this little rod and bonks him, you know, like spikes him on the side a little bit to get him to go back down the road, but it's not clobbering him. It's just a, come on, let's keep going down the road as I think one of you already mentioned. Um, but it, discipline is not something separate and it's not something to be despised. It's not something to withdraw from because God says my correction brings about, like you said, Dean, the, in the inheriting of the promise. It, it's the safekeeping. It's the gateway to the provision. It actually gets you where you want to go when God goes, okay, oh, turn that vision just a little bit, straighten it up. Okay, now you're flying straight. You got it. Good job. And the rod 
is not purely what we think of as, you know, you guys mentioned spankings. Um, that's the, the physical side of it, and it's necessary at times, but it's still within love. Um, so in the rest of verse 21, when he's talking about, when he says, or in love, he's also talking, because discipline is included in love, he's not saying this is your choice is I'm going to hate you versus love you. The rod is not equivalent to hate. The rod is included in love, but he's talking about pleasantries here. Am I going to come in a gentle manner? Are you going to experience my love for you? Because this whole section of scripture, he's talking about correcting and redirecting some of the, the activities that are going on so that these people are able to maintain their standing in Christ mm -hmm. so that they don't lose ground and fall back or drawn back into the bondage that they came out of to begin with. So because he loves them, he's correcting them, but he's asking, which spectrum, which side of love do you want to see? So if you could think of like a, a straight line and there's or a ruler on this side is zero and on the other side is 12, which spectrum or which side of love, which point on the, the beam, if you will, do you want to experience? I can come with the, the gentle conversation. I can come to you with the more relaxed approach, if you will, the kind, the more um, pleasant side of it, if you will, um, because love is kindness is a part of love. I can come to you with a more pleasant side of it that everyone initially can perceive and enjoy as it's being um, shared. Or do you want to experience the rougher side of it, the disciplined side of it, which according to Hebrews in the, in the beginning does not seem pleasant. Uh, this is Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11 it says, no, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. So basically saying, get your attitude together so you can understand and perceive where this is coming from that and know the difference between love and what is not love. But. I just wanted to make sure that we understood that this is one spectrum and he gives them the option. We can go the, the, the pleasant side mm -hmm. where we're smiling and we're, we're hugging each other. Um, I think the, the definition is the affection, goodwill, love, benevolence, brotherly love, love feast. So that's pleasantries versus being um, encompassing all of what love is. Love is patient, love is kind, those things. That makes sense to you. Mm -hmm. Kamisha, um, I think you really hit on something important. I just want to give a little bit of a testimony and maybe um, add some perspective to that. And um, I'll just be brief without getting into a bunch of details. But I've, I've made decisions in my life that, you know, were clearly against the will of God. And I've had times where I've experienced his sweetness and I've had times where I haven't. Um, God doesn't suffer when we sin against him. God doesn't suffer when we don't listen to the Holy Spirit. God's love for us is completely unchanging. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't wane. It doesn't diminish. It is unchanging for us. We're the ones that suffer, and we're the ones that lose. And so when we sin, we, we bring something between us and God, and it, it, it creates a space between that relationship, and it diminishes that intimacy. And because of the way God's designed us and just because of him honoring who we are 
a lot of times it takes us a while to process to get back to that place of intimacy. And so we're the ones that lose. Mm-hmm. It's, it's never about prohibiting us anything. It's about protecting the intimacy we have with him. And once we've had that intimacy, that true deep intimacy with him, nothing else really can fill that up. Mm-hmm. And he's just trying to help keep us in a place where we can keep ourselves in check so we don't we don't miss that. We don't lose that. We don't have to go and regain it over again and experience that part of it so we can just stay in that deep fellowship with him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely, brother. And I love that because there's, there's this aspect of the Lord as well. He absolutely addresses the things, the areas, the, the disobedience, if you will, in our lives. Absolutely has to. Right, his, his word says, how can two walk together unless they agree? So if we haven't done something, we, we were against the Lord, or in whatever way, shape, or form, we didn't listen to him, we weren't obedient, then how are you, you talked about separation. We've created that separation. We're not walking together because we're not in agreement. Well, the whole point is to be walking with the Lord, right? And that brings us back to what we were talking about initially of walking together in this, not being carried, not being dragged, not being kicked down the road because we refuse, right? It's a, the Lord is walking. It's our job to remain in step with him. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Anybody have anything else they want to add? Um, I did. Charles made an interesting point on verse 17, but I want to approach it from a different aspect what i hear from paul here is he's talking about being consistent like his consistency and the consistency in the message that he preaches regardless of whoever he goes to or wherever it's located it's still the same gospel it's still the same truth of who christ jesus is Mm -hmm. and it didn't vary according to who his audience was and it goes back to paul saying imitate me as i imitate christ and in a previous devotional, we talked about, our, is imitation the same as copying? No, it's not. But if you're imitating Christ, there should be overlapping similarities because Christ didn't change. So there's no reason for you to change in following Christ. And the world knows us by our fruit. That's Jesus clearly says that the world will know you by your fruit. So that's how we demonstrate who we are. Amen, Kyla. Thank you. We are supposed to be consistent in our walk with the Lord, not in two dynamics, not different depending on who we're talking to and also not different from day to day, not up highs and lows, but we're constant and consistent demonstrating and displaying the fruit of the spirit, demonstrating and displaying the love of Jesus Christ and the investment that he's placed on the inside of us. The shedding of his blood is precious in our sight, so we should be reflecting that daily that we value his sacrifice for us and his grace towards us. And also, not multiple versions. You know, some people would call that two-faced, like when I was growing up. You're one way with one person, but you're something totally different when you're with someone else. But God does not. He's not a yes and no God. He's, he's not, mm, well, I don't know, Right. He lets his yes be yes and his no be no. He is who he is, and he changes not. He's the same all the time. So I appreciate that. And we are to imitate his behavior, and Paul was setting an example for them. Thank you, Kyla. Mm -hmm. With that, let's wrap it up for today. Um, So with that, can I get someone to close out in prayer, please? Um, 
I can do it. Okay, go for it, Layla. Lord, I just thank you for today and for your goodness, Lord, and the patience that you display towards us, Lord, and your mercy and your grace that covers us, Lord. And I just thank you for helping us to follow you, Lord, and to see who you are and to stay on that track, Lord, and to send your Holy Spirit to minister to each and every one of us, Lord. And I thank you for giving us this time together to grow and mature, Lord, with friends and family, to get to know you better, Lord, and to clearly see you, Lord. And I ask that you'll bless our listeners as they go about their day, Lord, and to cover them and give them the favor and the strength that they need to do everything that you've asked them to do, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love you. God bless you and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.